Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, January 28, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So first, what we like to do is talk about what jumps off the page on the daily chart. In concert with that, what we're going to do is talk about today from two perspectives. The first one is we're going to use the very simplistic approach. We're just going to call it what it was, and then we're going to move on. The second approach is we're going to pick apart the markets, and we're going to overanalyze everything like we always do. So first, anything jump off the page on the daily chart? Well, there's a couple of things that jump off the page, and here's how we really keep things simple and just call it what it is. They ran a test of a breakdown candle high, and by the end of the day, they didn't close above. That's it. Now, it's never really that simple. There's a lot more to it than that, but basically, that's one of the things that happened. What else we got going on? Yesterday's candle is now kind of a mark in the sand, if you will. So as long as they stay closing daily below the high of yesterday's candle, then they're putting in a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing. They're now, again, for the second day in a row, closed below the 20-period moving average. Now, that's something we can sink our teeth into. Why is that? Because they had a choice at the end of the day. They didn't have to close below it. They could have closed above it. The 20-period moving average comes in at 378.05. Here's a five-minute chart. They were above 378.05 within minutes of the close. So why didn't they close above the 20-period moving average? So when I see stuff like that, I say, well, they did that for a reason. There's always meaning or a reason behind everything that happens in the market. We don't always know what the reason is. We don't always know what the meaning is. And I'm not talking about reasons like earnings and all that stuff. I'm talking about reasons on the chart, reasons from a numbers perspective, nothing other than those two things. So when I see that, and they're comfortably above the 20-period moving average, and then toward the end of the day, they sell off, but they still have a choice to close above or below that moving average. Well, guess what? The choice today was to close below. Is that the market's way of telling us something? Did they get out the megaphone and say, hey, look, by the way, we closed below the 20-period moving average, and we didn't have to, so take that as a bearish signal. Now, we could take that as a bearish signal. It could also be a rope-a-dope designed by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. Who are they? Well, if you're new here, you might not know. If you've been around here for a while, you know exactly who they are. If you're new, here's who they are. They're the folks whose job it is to make investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, also known as Trick and Company. What do we do with this information? Well, the $64,000 question that everybody's got on their mind is, hey, is the top in or not? Well, hey, we don't know yet. So here's the way we do it. We take it one day at a time. Let me put this in perspective. There's nothing wrong with the weekly chart. They're going back and forth near the all-time highs. Absolutely nothing wrong. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. You know all that. That being said, stuff happens from somewhere. So if the trend is going to change, it begins on a shorter-term chart and it morphs onto longer-term charts and beyond. Yesterday, we had what's known as a character change candle. 
It's not set in stone that it's going to change the character of the market from that day forward, and here's why. We have those candles before. Here's one, and the market went right back up. Here's one, and the market went right back up. Here's one, and the market went down. And I can find both. The point is that we have to put these things together, and when we come up with a full stack, it has more meaning than not. Well, what else is in the full stack? Well, we're in the zone where we're looking for a top. So whether the top came in the other day or whether it's going to come in at some point in the near term by making a new high and then turning back down, we don't know for sure just yet. But what we do know is we're looking for a top. And when we spot stuff that looks like a top, one of those times, it's going to be the top. Can you trade against the current high? Absolutely. Could it be wrong? Absolutely. How do we know if it's likely to be wrong? If they start closing candles above today's high, the indication would be they're going to run up and fill the gap. Now, they made an attempt today, but they didn't get all the way there. But that's normal garden variety market behavior. They may do it tomorrow. They may do it next week. So getting above today's high on hourly closes and then a daily close, a daily close really opens the door for the gap. Now, if they're at the gap, picture what I would be saying if they're up filling the gap. I would be saying they're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend until she dumps you and there's nothing wrong with the tape. So you have to take all this and understand where we are and what's going on. Then enter Trick and Company. So they can run up and fill the gap. They can make a new high. They can still fail. Anything goes, we're looking for a top. They don't make it easy, and it's hard to kill a bull. And I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm just saying we're looking for a top, and they're not going to make it easy, period. What about inside the numbers? By the way, oddly enough, there were no stocks on the move that hit their price objectives today. And that is odd. Most days we get at least one or two. Stuff happens. Today was one of those days. We move it along. Pre-market commentary, we've got a Thursday going on. The market was up, down, all around overnight. So we know we're going to get some volatility. Volatility is generally a trader's best friend. What's not a trader's best friend is a one-way ticket all day long. For example, a gap-and-go type of market, that's not a trader's best friend. Trader's best friend is the one that goes back and forth. You want to buy support, sell resistance. You want to sell resistance and buy support. That's the way this game works. Let's see what we've got in the early thoughts. Just about everything was down yesterday except GME, of course. Following a 90% down day, which was yesterday, just about everything got thrown out with the bathwater. Generally speaking, the next day is more quiet, more of a narrow range. Today wasn't a real narrow range, but that's generally what happens. But also on the docket is what we discussed last night. So we have the area of the former breakout. We discussed it ad nauseum last night. We're not going to go over it again, but here's the point. For me, it was around 371.50 on the chart. Could be slightly above, could be slightly below, or anywhere in between. Picking out a concept, now pay attention to this. Picking out a concept on a chart is an art form rather than a science. So the concept of the market broke out from this area is not the same as the market broke out from this price. And here's where we're going with that. 
Yesterday, they came up just short before the closing bell, and then they did the deed after the close. You know those thieves in the night, only this one happened right after the close. We know about that stuff. So it's good enough to say they ran a test? Probably. We'll get the answer as the day unfolds. I inserted the probably, it wasn't in the notes. Well, we know the answer now. They had a nice bounce away from that area when you consider that general area around 371, 372, yesterday's lows. Look where they went to at today's highs. That's a pretty good bounce. That's a pretty good test and bounce away from in the other direction, that breakout area. We see this on stocks on the move. We see this on the SPY or any other market that we look at or analyze every single day. Some happen from shorter time frames. Some happen on longer time frames. But here's the thing, and this is really the foundation of the lazy e-mini trader course. All charts act and react the same way. So if you understand how the market works, then you understand how to read short-term charts, intermediate-term charts, and long-term charts. Piece of cake. Moving right along. As the opening bell grows closer, the S&P has caught a rally. Where's the major area of resistance above current price? What would be a likely destination? So here's the mindset, right? Now you're inside my head, dangerous place to be. You know all that. So here's the thing. I'm thinking, oh, here they come. They're catching a rally. So where are they going? There has to be a destination. I don't think anything other than where is that destination? Once they get closer, it becomes magnetic. There has to be a spot. Where's the spot? I need to find it. So here it is, 37.81, even up to 37.90 on a super spike. And then we have the SPY numbers. You know the routine. Here's a five-minute ES chart. I want to shake it up a little bit. We'll use the ES numbers for this example. And the two lines are 37.81 and 37.90. And you can see what happened. Here's the opening bell. They run up, they blow through the first, right to the second, then they go in between. Once they start pushing above the second, there has to be another number. Obviously there is, and obviously it will come out in the notes. But this was the first thing long before the market even opened for business. Just for the sheer fact that they spent about 35 minutes in between those two numbers going back and forth tells you at least that was destination number one. Let's continue moving along, and if I skip some stuff, what I do is urge you to pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the chart to double-check the work. Now, there was a proposed short trade this morning, but they did one of those stutter steps. They came up short, they pulled back, and then they went back up and blew through the spot. Then there became a second spot. See over here, 941, now that we've seen the type of pullback that we would have been expecting had they got to the number. They did not. 377.80, if they get there sooner than later, was the short trade. That was posted at 932. A few minutes later, they did the shimmy thing. They went up and pulled back, and that really just made the trade not the same trade. That's the way it works, at least from where I sit. And then by 942, they were blowing through. See what happens when they pull back and recock the gun. Here comes the second number. That was the upper number that you saw on the ES chart. They should not blow right on through that one, but they can test it for a while, which is precisely what happened. They basically tested the two numbers in between them. 379 and a quarter, give or take, is the next spot. Should they continue higher, it would be both a target 
to be reached and overhead resistance. And here you have it, 379.25. Here we're looking at a 15 minute chart and today's activity is right of the vertical. And you can see the market runs up into and even through 379.25. It was a target and overhead resistance. So overhead resistance, as we know, doesn't always mean the market falls out of bed. That's not what overhead resistance means. It means there's sellers overhead. So the buyers have to overtake the sellers to get through the overhead resistance. So while they're doing that, they can run sideways for a while while they eat time off the clock at the same time that they're eating the shares that are for sale. That's precisely what's happening. Start getting above, start closing candles above. You have to look above what's the next number. Let's move along a little bit. And here's another number. We had 380.32, which was yesterday's high. They gapped lower yesterday, but the high print was 380.32 under normal garden variety conditions. That's going to be some form of overhead resistance. At 10.05, 379.25, give or take, is the next area of overhead resistance as they continue to push higher. Is a short trade with a stop above yesterday's high on 10 and 15 minute candle closes. If the stop is too wide, wait and see if they give you the higher or pass on the trade altogether. So here we go, 10.08, just a couple of minutes later. Traders who are short need to take profit along the way. They did start to pull back pretty rapidly. This isn't a marriage right now, it's just a trade. Traders should have profits in their pockets back above 379.25 and the trade is over for the rest of my position holding half to see if there's more available. This is how you manage a trade. Sometimes they'll just fall out of bed and you have a runner on your hands. Sometimes you'll end up with a bunt for base hit. That's okay. You have to be okay with the base hits in order to be successful in this business. Moving right along. By 10.15, the short is over for me. Half the position yielded a small profit. There's another trade around the corner. Sticking with it is trader's choice. Moving right along. Now you'll see some notes and what I urge you to do is pause the video. Go back to the chart, double check the work, see what the numbers yield, see what happened after the post was made at a specific number. Case in point, 1107 post, 381.25 give or take is likely the next magnetic spot and resistance area above 379.25 and she's bullish above 380.32, and they can squeeze them more back as needed. So what is that saying? That's saying if they continue to push and they continue to close candles above 379 and a quarter and they get over 380.32, the next spot was 381.25. Magnetic, that means that a trader could ride the market up there if she so chose. Here it is on a 15 minute chart. Above 379.25, and 381.25 becomes the target that happened, that was resistant slightly above it, then they fell out of bed. Okay, let's see what else we have. They did the 381.25, give or take. How about 114? Again with divergences. IWM is down on the day while SPY is up almost 2%. It will resolve itself one way or the other. Transports are up strong at the time, so there's no canary on this one. Sometimes when I put this stuff in the notes, what I'm doing is I'm training you 
to think about this stuff. You'll eventually think about this stuff on your own without it being in the notes. 120, they're finding some resistance around 381 and a quarter. That's what they're supposed to do. So then they did nothing for a while after lunch into the mid part of the afternoon. Now they started to come down a little bit. So guess what? Remember 379 or a spike below it from before. It's still on the table as they continue to drip lower. The closer they get, the more magnetic it will become. 379.55 will be the gateway and likely support. Now we're back on a five-minute chart. 379.50 is the top line. 379 is the second line. You can see just for a few minutes from a short-term intraday perspective, they bounced off 379.50 and then they came down to 379. Got below it, bounced around for a while, and you can see they fought it for a little while. They fought it for 20 or 25 minutes before giving up the ghost, moving right along. And that was basically it for the day. That was your tour guide inside the numbers today. What's going on over in Camp IWM? So they're riding the 20-period moving average. They're beginning, and this is the beginning, right? It's only two days old, but the beginning of a bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of pattern. So we'll see what happens. As long as they stay above the 20-period moving average, they can bounce them. However, the longer they ride the 20-period moving average, the more likely they will be to fall further. We're going to be interested and anxious to see the close of the week as it relates to the IWM chart. We have a reversal candle for making a new high in the making. We don't know how it's going to close. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. However, I'm interested to see how this candle develops and whether it becomes a sign or signal from a weekly chart perspective of more downside to come. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What did they do today? They did the same thing the spy guys did. They ran a test of the breakdown candle high. That's it. Are there any other revelations on the daily chart? And the answer is no. They couldn't even get back to the 50 period moving average. As long as they stay below the 50 and 20 period moving average, and certainly as long as they stay below the breakdown candle high, they'll be also making a bearish wedgish kind of pattern. What would that do? That would release the energy in the southern direction under normal garden variety market conditions. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What happened there today? Well, guess what? They ran a test of what? The breakdown candle high. You see a theme going on here? Am I bonkers or am I onto something yet also bonkers? It's probably the latter of the two. We have to take note, the IWM was below some moving averages on the daily chart, yet the Qs are above all the moving averages on the daily chart. So it's bullish. There's nothing wrong with the tape when they're above the moving averages. We have yesterday's candle to contend with. The longer they can't or don't close above the high of yesterday on the daily chart, the more likely it will be they're going lower. That's just the way it works, period, full stop. How about the financials? Now, here's an interesting one. Check out where they closed today and think back to everything we just discussed about breakdown candle highs and stuff. And guess what? They closed above yesterday's candle in the financials. So that's not bearish. That's more on the bullish side. And by the way, just for fun, because there's no accidents or coincidences, the gap left open that was filled today, $29.88. Today's high, 
$29.88. You like apples? How do you like them apples? That's not rocket science. They do that kind of thing all the time. That's how we know the market is trading from a technical perspective. I mean, what the hell do price earnings have to do with that? Nothing. Smash Mouth, what did they do? They ran a test of the breakdown candle high, blah, 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 blah. Now this one we should note, because it's important, they couldn't get above on a closing basis the 20 period moving average today. That's another puzzle piece that's on the table. We saw that before. I don't want to just brush that one off and discount it. Sometimes the market gives you little hints, like sending a little flare up into the air with a smoke signal. Can't really close out the day without bringing up GameStop. Here's an hourly chart. I just want to point something out. So here's the first hourly candle of the day. They make a high almost 500 bucks, 483, 483. The next hour, they're down at a low of 113.50. That's not tradable. That's ridiculous. It's a rodeo. And this will come to an end. It's almost over. And by the way, just for the record, I know there's been a lot of restrictions going on out there with trading GME and other stocks as well. And here's what I'll say. I don't agree with restricting anything. I think you just let the market do its thing. Price discovery will happen one way or the other and life goes on. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. You choose to buy something. You have to understand the consequences. You choose to short something. You have to understand the consequences. And the hedge funds that were short this stuff, they understood the consequences. But what they didn't think, nobody thought, nobody could possibly think anything like this would happen. Expect the unexpected. We can put this in the bucket of, we've never seen anything like this before. Well, now we have. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.